Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Jesus That's Good News podcast. This is a space where we share the gospel, aka the good news, to anyone who has a vulnerability to pull up a chair at Jesus' table with no reservation needed. Hey guys, thanks so much for coming back to the second half of my sweet friend Jody Gillen walking us through her journey with clinical depression and how she takes heart knowing that Jesus has overcome the world. Let's take it back to Jody. So Jody, at what point I know you reached out to your husband that night that you, mm-hmm. you know, needed to go to the ER and mm-hmm. tell me if I'm wrong, but that was the first person you told about Yes. Your depression. When was it that you started opening up to others? The very next day at work. I had two ladies at the time um, that I taught. There were six fourth grade teachers in our wing, and there were three of us that were kind of all on the same page uh, in terms of our energy. And and I told them both the next day. Um, I was in the hospital last night. I felt like I was, quote, having a nervous breakdown, not good language at the time, but, um, and they were like, we get it. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of them opened up to me about uh, some eating disorders that they had struggled with and that I didn't know about. And the other one opened up to me um, about some mental health issues that she had had and that really later continued to plague her family. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the very next day I started talking about it. And isn't it amazing when you get to that point where you are able to share your story, how other people are like, hey, me too. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you become a safe person. Mm-hmm. You yeah. think that you yourself are so unsafe, but mm-hmm. that vulnerability and that sharing of the trial all of a sudden makes you someone that others feel they can go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it was interesting when I finally got to therapy for the first time in 1997. I sat in my, I walked into my therapist's office and I, I loved her tremendously. Julie knows I spent five years with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but all I did is I sat down and I cried for 45 minutes, that's all. And she asked me, in, in a very loving way, she wasn't being indicting. She's, she was like, why, honey, why are you crying? And she, I said, I feel so weak. I am ashamed of myself and I feel so weak. And I'll never forget her words. She was like, oh, my dear, on the contrary, this is the strongest you've ever been. Hmm. Yeah. And, um, and I thought at that point, I, I, I have an obligation to tell my story to people hmm. because people are suffering in silence and maybe they don't have the courage yet to get help you know, with a professional. Yeah. But what if I can empower someone to just share their story with their spouse or their sister or a friend? Um, I mean, that is really a step towards recovery right there mm-hmm. when you share your story. Right. And then, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of made the decision then too. Like I, I have to be vocal about this. Mm-hmm. And I noticed too, Jody, just to add to that, I, it was amazing the people that were coming out of the woodwork. Oh, my heavens. And even Devin, like I have to confess, I had preconceived notions about people because I remember like 
people coming very publicly and talking to you about stuff, mm-hmm. whether it was after church or whatever. And I'd be like, oh my God, I never would have guessed that they, I mean, mm-hmm. even yeah. everything that I'd been through with Jody and I was making assumptions that they, they look like they have it all together, mm-hmm. right? They have money, they have this, they have this yeah. and never would have guessed it. Mm-hmm. Big newsflash. None of us have it all together. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've told people before that if you have no experience helping someone uh, with mental health issues in your family, you're either A, very lucky, or B, people just aren't talking about it. Yeah. And I think it's probably B. Yeah. People just aren't talking about it because of stigma, fear. And I would maybe even add a C to that, or you are willfully blind. Mm-hmm. You're happy just living on the surface, sure. right? Not sure. wanting to, you maybe see someone hurting, but you don't even have the gumption to go say, you know, things seem off about you. Is there something you want to talk about? Or mm-hmm. yeah. 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 We all have a story. We've talked about that. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. I had a coworker just a couple of years ago. You know, I had, I put my testimony on Facebook at the request of an aunt. Mm-hmm. And I had a coworker. He came to me and he said, uh, "He's not real touchy feely, but he gave me a hug." And he goes, "I would have never guessed that about you." Mm-hmm. And um, let me guess, because you always seem so happy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm always hugging people. And yeah, Jody is always showing and just giving so much love. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard to believe that maybe you have a hard time loving yourself. Oh, I have a terrible time loving myself. I don't want to be on the camera on the computer right now because I don't like how I look this morning. And I'm 55 years old, surrounded by people that I love, and I still don't want that. As we're so, all in our sweatpants and no makeup. Yeah, and, and a t-shirt. And just Ironically, what does my t-shirt say, Julie? Love one another as I have loved you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. John 13. Yeah. But um, yeah, he came to me and he said, I would have never guessed that from you. And I said, that my friend... That, my friend, is the problem with mental health issues. Yeah. We've talked about this. I I think we're called to live our lives. I I don't know if it's a societal thing or what, Jody, but we're always in presentation mode. Oh, always. And I've talked to you. Social media has made that worse, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Highlight reel. Mm. Yeah. And so we're called to perform all the time. And Mm. I asked you during a break that we had earlier, how well did performing work for you whenever you were going through the the biggest crisis? You know, um, it got me through the day to day, mm -hmm. but it didn't heal a damn thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not a thing. Yeah. Ergo, someone comes and says, I would have never guessed it about you. Sure. Absolutely. Because I never missed a day of work. Yeah. When I was really in the hole, I never missed a day of work. Yeah. Mm. They, so no one was seeing it. It wasn't visible. Sure. Sure. Ironically, that individual who said to me, I've never uh, seen that side of you. He and his, his wife contacted me via social media about a year ago, and their son was having severe mental health issues uh, oh. that required some pretty heavy... Um, intervention so to speak yes Mm -hmm. um so and and i only say that to say that like it's everywhere we have to open our eyes to what's going on around us and then we have to encourage those who are suffering to have the courage and the vulnerability to say i need help i want to get well i want to get well yeah Mm. i thought i thought maybe we could post that ryan day interview um 
Yeah, for those of you that don't know the Ohio State Buckeyes, and I won't do any bragging right now, (laughs) but no, their coach has really taken an incredible initiative to normalize mental health. The ultimate initiative. Yeah. Yeah. And I know even just, was it maybe six or eight months ago, he had a young player who said, I'm stepping back. I, I Harry Miller retired. Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. do this. But yeah, do you want to talk about Coach Ryan Day? Yeah. Um, I, I, <laughs> I married into a good Catholic family. Jody, make no mistake, so. is a Notre Dame fan. <laughs> In no way, shape, or form. She likes the Ohio State Buckeyes about as much as Devin does, which is... <laughs> we don't. We don't. I... Yeah. I <laughs> Oh, Dev, let's just call it what it is, right? Yes, ma'am. I married into a good Catholic family, and consequently, I did not convert to Catholicism, but I did convert to Notre Dame football. And uh, But I have the highest level of respect for Coach Ryan Day, um, who is the head coach of Ohio State. He lost his father to suicide. Mm. His story is amazing. If you And he's very open mm-hmm. now. Yeah, uh, He hid it for a long time. He buried it for a long time, um, and now he's very open. One of the first things he did when he came to Ohio State, and uh, like I said, hopefully we can post this video on the on the on our Facebook page. He knew the importance of mental health parity, and he hired all of the people that you would need to address the mental health issues within his football team. They have offices. So if a player is dealing with depression or anxiety, there is a clinical counselor there. We can get you in touch with a a psychiatrist and the psychologist on staff. So he makes sure that his players have the mental health care that they need because Mm -hmm. he knows firsthand how critical it is. Yeah. Kudos to him for that. Oh, he's amazing. He's saving lives. And Harry Miller, the, the young man who's so brave, um, incredibly intelligent incredibly well-spoken and an incredible athlete um said if coach day basically wasn't the man that he was and didn't have these services in place i probably would not be here yeah yeah we're seeing a plethora i think uh, katie has posted some things or maybe you have devin on instagram about you know these young athletes um Mm -hmm. who feel the pressure and are deciding to take their own lives um it's just indicative of the secrecy mm-hmm. uh, that's surrounding mental health. Mm-hmm. So, so Jody, can you talk a little bit about you know where you are now and um, kind of from from your journey from when you started your first therapy session to I know you just mentioned on Friday you had a mental health checkup. I did. And how that how that helps you moving forward? I would say um, the term that I would use now to describe myself in terms of mental health issues is transparent. I'm totally transparent about my mental health struggles. I I will sit down with anyone, answer any question, describe in detail. Uh, you know, I've only I've only kind of scratched the surface here. Um I had another very bad episode in 2010. Hmm. 13 years after my initial bad mm-hmm. one. Uh Julie came and I I wound back up in the emergency room. And And I remember Jody you looking at me because my husband was beside me, and Julie came up. Yeah, and uh, they excused Leo out, and mm-hmm. I sat down with you, and and you said, Julie, this is the big one. This one's this one's going to get me. And I said, Jody, remember what you always say when you're in this spot that the brain is a liar. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and will tell you false things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that when Jody's in a bad place, mm-hmm. you know, she'll show up at my door and... and Typically I'll... with tears down my face. And what do I say? You know, this is it. I'm sick again. I'm sick again. Yeah. And I'll say, what's the first thing I say? Let's come up with a plan. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can have it, but it doesn't have to control you. We try to control it. Right. Yeah. Right. Manage it. Yeah. We try to manage it. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, total transparency. Yeah, total transparency. I will sit down and talk to anyone about my story. Anyone. And I, I think, too, Jody, when I think about our conversations at the Holy Panera Bread in Cincinnati, <laughs> when we would meet with Katie and Devin, I mean, I think it came up right away. Yeah, and, it did. Uh, yeah, we just o- kind of opened the floodgates and Absolutely. just allowed, you know, this is who we are. We're not perfect. This is where we're at. I think it was our way of testing you guys to see if you want to still be friends with us. <laughs> and uh, but. But transparency is a great word for you. Yeah, transparency. And consequently, because I've become transparent, Julie, you know, I have visited people in hospitals Mm -hmm. who are struggling. I have fielded emails, text messages, Facebook messages. It's kind of like you said, like, I mean, because I am transparent, it does open the floodgates. People do see me as a safe person. And then I try and respond and help as many people as I can. Mm -hmm. I do maintain six-month mental health appointments with my physician, who is, I, I wish I could name him by name, but I can't, who is absolutely amazing, who totally gets me in my disease. He has been with me from the beginning and remains a steadfast source of support for me. Mm. I'm very lucky in that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will admit that. I am very lucky to have the physician that I have. He has helped Julie also mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with with your own battle, you mm-hmm. know, with your own sure. struggles. Yeah. Um, he is amazing. Shout out to the good doctor who we won't know, but you know who you, you are. You know who you are. Mm-hmm. He is a blessing, and I tell him that all the time. So, like, on, on Friday, I had my mental health checkup. Yeah. Um, I do take medication. Mm-hmm. I have an SSRI and a antipsychotic cocktail mm-hmm. that I use. And then I, um, once in a while, uh, I I might, if anxiety is really high, I might take something else. So I'm a big believer in medication. SSRIs typically take a long time to work. People should know that. Um, The antipsychotic cocktail that they created for me caused uh, massive weight gain. I mean, like, I totally admit that. But to quote my husband, it's absolutely worth it because he never, he said to me, I never want to be in the hospital room beside you again and in an emergency room. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very, I keep my appointments. I have done a total of nine years of professional therapy, which I find invaluable. Julie and I are huge mm-hmm. proponents of therapy, aren't we, Julie? Yeah. And thank God for the proliferation of better help. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of uh, people I listen to on podcasts are, are talking about the the, the ease of access for mm-hmm. on, at least get some online help mm-hmm. if you need it. Yes. Um, but yeah. yeah, sometimes seeing someone one-on-one in person, it's it's powerful. It's very powerful. Yeah. Um, so I'm a big proponent of that. And I'm incredibly, like I said, transparent. I surround myself. I went to a, I went to a training this past summer uh, on signs of suicide and mm. um, how to help people who are experiencing suicidal ideation. And mainly because I'm a teacher and uh, we are seeing it in students who are 
as young as fifth grade, uh, which is what I teach. And I just wanted some more professional training on that. And I was there with a coworker who teaches mm-hmm. right next door to me. And uh, the trainer said uh, we had to role play some suicidal ideation conversations if someone admits to you that they're feeling that. And my coworker and I were, were role playing this. And the, the trainer said, so was that a, a difficult conversation for you to have? And my coworker and I looked at each other and we kind of smiled. We were like, no, that wasn't difficult because <laughs> she and I are totally open and honest about mm-hmm. our mental health struggles. Yes. Like yeah. it wasn't dif- a difficult conversation for us to have at all. Yeah. Uh, I'm very open with my coworkers. They all know my mental health struggles and issues. And, you know, I do a daily check-in with my students. The first thing my students do when they come in every morning, they answer four mental health questions or social emotional questions for me. How are you feeling? Do you need to talk to me? What would you like to discuss? I mean, I do a mental health check-in mm-hmm. with my kids every day. Mm-hmm. And so does my coworker mm-hmm. who's right next to me. So I'm just very open and honest about it. Now, does that mean, my, my doctor said this to me on Friday. He gave me some strategies for helping me with some stress that, you know, that is work-related right now. I love my job. I love being a teacher. But um, teaching is not the same as it was 28 years ago, Julie. Sure. Yeah. It's very different. Yeah. And uh, he said to me, I, you know, you sound like you're in a good place right now. And I said, I do feel like I'm in a good place. I mean, yes, there are these stressors. But I also know... There's always this small part of me, Julie and Devin, that's looking over my shoulder because the body does keep score. Mm -hmm. And I know, Julie, you know, tonight it could hit me like a ton of bricks. Sure, yeah. And I could wind up on your doorstep tomorrow saying, Mm. I'm sick again. Yeah. Mm. So uh, Winston Churchill called his clinical depression the black dog because he said... That no matter where he went, no matter what he did, the black dog was always right beside him. It was always beside him. And my physician said to me on Friday, if the dog shows up, and he could, you know, these are the steps I need you to take. Mm -hmm. Because he could come back at any time. Mm Yeah. Yeah. That's just my reality now. Mm Mm-hmm. And Jody, I wanted to tie that into your favorite Bible scripture as well. And we talk about this all the time. Um, John 16, verse 33. Can you talk a little bit about why that means so much to you? Oh, I love that verse. It debunks all the assumptions that we just talked about. Mm, yeah. Um, for those of you who may not have a Bible handy, let me read John 16, 33 to you because, I mean, there are so many obviously great verses in the Bible, but this is the one that I cling to. Sure. John 16, verse 33. I have told you these things. This is Jesus talking. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Mm -hmm. It's Mm. beautiful. So Mm -hmm. good. Mm, Spoken by a man who didn't have it easy. Mm. Talk about that for a minute. Yeah. Not because Jesus just sailed through life with nothing. With no issues, right? Right. Spoken by a man who, yeah, who yeah. had his, yeah. But why do you like that, Joan? I like that because, um, first of all, it is an affirmation of the fact that regardless of how spiritual I see myself, whether I'm at church every week or tithing or reading my Bible and praying like I should, and all of those are, those are not bad things. I'm not saying that. 
But all of those things do not equal an absence of trouble in your mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is the great myth. They right? strengthen you in the trouble. They strengthen you yeah. in the trouble. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. And having your people with you. Yeah. That mm-hmm. strengthens you while you're going through mm-hmm. the depression, the anxiety, the grief, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're going through. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you know, I was thinking of my initial crash in 1997 and how when I was begging God for help and I didn't think he was there he really was hmm. you know hindsight is obviously 2020 so I started thinking Devin of all the ways that God was there in the midst of me being in the wilderness but I was unable to see it at the time because I was so I was ill mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and First of all, he was there in, and this may seem totally random to some of you, but Julie will understand this. He was there in my principal at the time yeah. that I crashed. Mm-hmm. God uses people. Yeah. Oh, my heavens. And he knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually, in a strange kind of wonderful twist of fate, we gave our testimony together mm-hmm. at church about depression. Yeah. Um, he... Uh, my principal was incredibly empathic. He was amazing because he looked at me and he told me my story before I even said a word because he had been through it. Yeah. Mm. And he was the one encouraging me saying, give that SSRI, just give it some time. Give it some time. He goes, I remember calling my therapist and saying, it's not working. It's not working. And she said, Give it time. Mm-hmm. And so he was there saying, give it time. I'm here if you need me. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need. He had an open door policy. Right. That was God providing for me at work. How strategic. Yeah. How strategic is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he was there in my physician mm-hmm. who has been a blessing to me since 1997. Yeah. I mean, who has been there for me from the get-go. That was strategic. Yeah. You know, why did he land from the West Coast in Waverly, Ohio. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, he was there in the medication that mm-hmm. saved my life. Yeah. And, and when I crashed again in 2010 and they added that medication, I could feel results within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. cocktail. Mm-hmm. Um, that psychiatrist who was on call that day who added that to my, you know, current medication. I mean, that, that was God saying, okay, I got, I got you. We're just going to add this. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. God is in the two different therapists. I've had two different therapists, amazing individuals. God is there. Yeah. Um, God is in the faces of my beautiful sisters who are my lifelines. Yeah. You know, the fact that I can literally show up on their doorstep and say, I'm sick. Not everyone has that. Mm-mm. The list just goes on. Um, But do you notice that the one thing that all of these ways that God has manifested himself to me when I am sick, do you notice what they all are? They're all people. Mm -hmm. My principal, my doctors, the scientists who discovered the medication, my therapists, my sisters, Mm -hmm. my friends who Mm -hmm. love me unconditionally. My coworkers. coworkers, yeah. I mean, they're all pe- it's all people. You, Katie, 
Hmm. Our Wednesday night group. Yeah. The chemo sabis. Yeah. They're all people. It's all, it all comes back to relationship. God says, I'm going to strategically place these people in your life. And I guess what I'm thinking right now is like, is God strategically placing me in someone's life who's mm-hmm. listening to this podcast mm-hmm. right now? Yeah. yeah. What if he's using mm-hmm. me right now? Right? No doubt. Mm-hmm. What if he's using me right now and someone's saying, oh my gosh, I need to tell my story or I need to tell her my story. Or I need to talk to somebody. I need to talk to somebody. There is hope. She is proof that there is hope. That you can come out the other side. That's what I love about the scripture too, is when he says, but take heart. Mm-hmm. Like he's saying, Jody, I see you. I know where you're at. I know you're struggling. I know you're in pain. Mm-hmm. But take heart. I got you covered. Just right. wait. Just wait until I put people into your life. Just wait until I, I heal you. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Because we always say there's beauty from ashes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's going to provide. In that scripture, he is giving people permission to hurt. Yeah. He's giving them permission to not be perfect. Right. Mm. I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen. And it's okay because I got you. Whatever you're going through, just know that I've been there. I've overcome that. Mm-hmm. And you too will overcome. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I have no doubt that Jesus experienced depression. We know, like I said, we're going back to Gethsemane mm-hmm. or even going back to his wilderness ex- experience. You're going to tell me that Jesus sat for 40 days in the wilderness and was like, I'm, I'm down with this. <laughs> no. This is all good. I'm cool. No. Mm-mm. He experienced, I, heard, I, I think mom actually said this one time to me. There's nothing new under the sun. That's from Ecclesiastes. I That's think. right. Mm-hmm. There's nothing new under the sun. And what you have experienced at any time in your life, Jesus experienced while he was here on earth. I truly believe that. Yeah. yeah. That's how he has the empathy and the yes. compassion. Yes. And that's what sets him apart from every every other person that has ever claimed to be Savior. Mm-hmm. His was a message of love and grace and compassion. Yes. And it was a relational gospel, and it still is today. Mm-hmm. And you know... It's like St. John of Christendom mm-hmm. I wrote The Dark Night of the Soul, mm-hmm. a very long poem um, describing this anguish. And, and Devin, I think about, too, this podcast was born out of a darkness, out of kind of a dark night of the soul, out of a, a depression, if you will, right? Oh, and yeah. your vulnerability in reaching out has birthed this, mm-hmm. which now has in turn birthed this podcast episode. Mm-hmm. And you have said it, Devin, many times to only imagine the ripple effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what this podcast will do for someone today, Jody, I think is immeasurable, mm-hmm. even if it's just one person. Yeah, absolutely. So, Jody, if there is one thing that you could tell that 22 year old self of yours from what you know now, what would it be? I would tell her that her vulnerability and her courage in facing a battle that seems to be a punishment from God is actually a gift from him that he is going to use you in ways that you cannot comprehend to help other people. 
And I think that's why maybe he made me an Enneagram too. <laughs> <laughs> like he combined my clinical depression with my Enneagram so that I, I could ultimately help others, which I think is the most holy thing that we can do mm-hmm. as followers of Christ. Yeah. As Jesus followers, the most holy commission that we have is to help others. And so I would tell her right now, it's going to, it's going to be hard, but, and coming back to what you and and Julie always say, the beauty from the ashes, Mm -hmm. it will be beautiful. It's going to be hard, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Amen. Mm. Beautifully said that my friends is the good news. Amen. And may it be so. You said it, sister. sister. (laughs) Big shout out. Big, big props to my sister, Jody. Yes. Jody, for your You know what? It's just telling your story. Just telling your story. That's right. Just go tell your story. We love you, Jody. I love you too. I do. I really do. I love you too, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) And I love Julie. Now mean it when you say it. (laughs) That's right. So friends, if, if you have listened to this podcast and perhaps you're hurting or someone you know is hurting and you don't know where to go first... Jody can be a resource for you. Mm-hmm. If you want to private message us on Facebook, um, we can get you in touch with her. Mm-hmm. She can share resources. I think one mm-hmm. of the first things she would probably do is say, reach out to your family, your family physician. Don't be afraid to do that. But if you're looking for support in this, this is why we did this. We're here to offer that to you. So, um, yeah. Last night, I actually, in preparing for today, um, I cataloged I think 20 different websites that strategically target different groups of the population who are in need of mental health services and I thought we could post some of those resources throughout the week yeah I found resources targeting farmers yeah nurses Mm -hmm. college athletes Mm -hmm. the LGBTQ community Uh, men Michael Phelps and Kevin Love yeah have tremendous resources for men. Yeah. So um, I've cataloged all those and I'd like to share them with you and we can. Oh, we'll definitely post post that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the resources uh, I'll check out, like I did extensive research. Yeah. Um, And those will point you in the right direction of where you can go to get help too. Great. So we'll make that available to you, but perhaps your first step is not being afraid and reaching out and saying, I can't do this on my own. Mm -hmm. We need a little bit of help here. So Devin will definitely make that a priority for people. And this is your call to courage. And just know too, I know we talked about this a little bit, but if there is anybody out there who is having that suicide ideation, the crisis lifeline for suicide is 988. So you can Mm -hmm. text 988, you could call 988. And it looks like they're available 24 hours Mm -hmm. Um, in different languages as well. So I just want to put that out there too. In addition to, um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but 741-741 is the new uh, mental health. uh, Like, you know how you would dial 911 for an emergency? If you're having a mental health emergency, if you dial 7, I I believe it's 741-741. That will connect you too. Okay, great. It's kind of a sobering note to, to finish up on, but it's real and this is life. But there is hope. But there is hope. There yeah. is hope. And we're all in this together. Together. That's Absolutely. right. Absolutely. All right. Love you guys. Love you too. You want to do your sign off, Deb? Yeah. 
So on behalf of Julie, you weren't going to say I love you, Julie? I love you too. (laughs) (laughs) So on behalf of Julie and myself and Jody today, here's to the good news. May we be it. May we seek it. May we spread it. So pull up a seat. There's no reservation needed. Be well, friends.